Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the show. It's the last lap on WWL. Seth Dunlap. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text lines 870-870. We'll push Ryan Nielsen back just a little bit because we did get a hold of uh, Ricardo LeCompte, sports anchor for WWL TV Channel 4, joining the program now at our LeCompte TV on Twitter. Talking a little Saints camp with Ricardo. How you doing, man? Doing good, Seth. How are you? Look, I'm I'm good. It feels like I guess we're finally into the meat and potatoes of this this camp, dude. No more and pads are on. Uh, no more of these you know non-contact nonsense drills, right? Yeah, it, it's it gets us that one step closer to actual football. Um, it, it you know those first couple of days of camp, you're just like, okay, well, you know, at least they're out here reporting, going to the drills, doing it. But once they strap those pads on, and once you get Everybody, you know, the, the competition really starts amping up. So, yeah, it's about time that we've gotten to this point. Uh, Cameron Meredith released today. What do you make of this? Well, it, it's one of those where, you know, you, you kind of look at it. And, and the Saints took a flyer, obviously, on on a guy that that had uh, knee issues, uh, you know, where Chicago made that same assessment going, well, I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, continue uh, with that injury. The Saints decided to go ahead and and, and take that flyer, get him in there. And unfortunately it just never worked out. And uh, that's just, you know, one thing that they kind of just missed on just in terms of, you know, thinking that he can come in and, and, you know, provide that, that inside slot receiver that this offense kind of needed. Uh, luckily Michael Thomas uh, last year was able to kind of play not only on the outside, but also inside in that slot position and, and kind of have production there. But they were hoping Cam Meredith could be that slot receiver uh, that this offense needed. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out. And it kind of, when you see the Meredith thing not working out, you're almost wondering, man, if the Saints didn't get rid of Willie Sneed, perhaps maybe that was probably the better option of keeping him around instead of banking on Cam Meredith. Um, I think the money kind of worked out where they probably would have offered less to bring back Willie Sneed versus going after Cam Meredith. They thought they were going to get an upgrade at that position. It didn't work out, and it's just one of those things where the Saints were wrong there, chalk it up, and move forward. Yeah, move forward. There's uh, some breaking reports just now, everybody listening, that Theo Riddick has narrowed it down to the Saints and the Broncos. It's going to take a day or two to decide where exactly he will go, and that's interesting, Ricardo, because I was going to ask you, well, they're actively looking for a running back on the free agent market. Should they actively be looking for a wide receiver either in free agency or the trade market? I think they should, um, especially just because you don't know how long this Michael Thomas situation is going to last. Uh, you know, there, there's all this expectation that uh, Michael Thomas will probably, you know, get a deal done very soon and then he'll be in camp. But the longer this goes, the longer that you don't see any other deals just around the NFL being done, it's almost like you're kind of almost in a stalemate where the Saints are going to offer what they're going to offer. Michael Thomas and his representatives can kind of pretty much just sit back and, and wait and, and hopefully get a $20 million offer or whatever, you know, we've heard that's being reported. And they can just sit and wait until, you know, the Saints decide to cave in. And if that doesn't happen, then you can have a longer you know situation where this whole that lasts longer than you'd expect and maybe into the season. So you would need – you would think the Saints would probably need to address the wide receiver position – if that's the case, um, you see Theo Riddick was one of those guys where the Saints were probably just really enamored with a guy who 
uh, is a dual threat out of the backfield. And it looks like that's kind of the direction they want to use just in terms of just having different weapons out of there. When you have Alvin Kamara, when you have Latavius Murray, those types of backs, which can get you yards to the tackles, but also be a pass catcher. The already could obviously be another weapon you can use in the passing game. Uh, it, it looks like the Saints need to kind of find just more pass catchers simply because they don't know what they're going to get out of the wide receiver position. If Michael Thomas happens to not, you know, this thing last through the regular season, he doesn't end up playing. Where are you going to get the production in the wide receiver position? Maybe you get in other positions. Um, but, yeah, I, I do agree with you, Seth. I, I think they should focus their attention on maybe finding another wide receiver, especially this Michael Thomas situation continues on. Ricardo LeCompte of WWL-TV joining us. Which of these young receivers have you been most impressed by? Uh, Emmanuel Butler, Cyril Grayson, and a little Jordan Humphrey was better today. Which one, which one are you liking right now? Uh, I, I think two guys, and I, I really like Cyril Grayson just because of the – not only uh, – he just has so much speed and, and he can be a guy that could, that could – you know, that, that has a little experience in the NFL um, – and again, that speed is just something you can clamor over. And he's been making plays, you know, in, in these first four days of camp. Also, the fact that you could also throw him there as a punt returner. We all know that the Saints are looking for something, some type of spark in the return game. You know, they brought in Marcus Sherrills in the offseason to kind of, you know, upgrade that position. But still, Grayson can perhaps, you know, make this roster as a wide receiver and also show they can maybe contribute as either a kick returner or a punt returner show off that speed, then that would be a great pickup for that. But just his skill set alone is something that, that's very impressive. As for Emmanuel Butler, the undrafted rookie out of Northern Arizona, this guy has been making plays all camp long so far. And it's, and it's one of those things where I, I want to see what he does in a regular season game. We'll get the opportunity to see that next Friday. But this guy is, is a big type of uh, receiver, a, a big body, something that – uh, Sean Payton and, and this offense really, really likes to have in their offense. And and just the other day, I, I kind of like the comparison of of one of the uh, when we were talking to Emmanuel Butler, and he was telling us a, sh- a story about being in the NFLPA Bowl, and one of the Saint scouts were saying that he kind of reminded him of a Marcus Colston. And I could kind of see that a little bit, just not only in terms of the size and the ability that he's able to play with, but also the fact that he comes from an FCS school. You know, Marcus Colson was a seventh-round draft pick. He was undrafted. But just a guy that nobody kind of saw, but in his first training camp was able to kind of turn heads and get the attention of the coaches and actually show out and show he could play and then earn himself a roster spot. He's kind of following that same line. I'm not saying he's the next Marcus Colson. But so far, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, man, we can almost see history repeating itself uh, if you if Emmanuel Butler turns out to be what everybody thinks and everybody sees so far that he can't be. Yeah, he's been good. And I think the entire Saints fandom and, and media uh, conglomerate has had their eyes squarely on him at camp now, seeing if he will be that next Marcus Colston. Ricardo LeCompte's part of this crew at WWL-TV Channel 4. And, Ricardo, I know you guys around the water cooler have these real big conversations. What, what's been this, the story outside of some stuff and then the conversation outside of some of the stuff we've already talked about with Doug and, and Andrew and everybody over there? Well, we're kind of interested in a couple of things. We, we, were, we were saying that on uh, the Saints defensive line, who was going to be that kind of breakout guy this year? And all of us agree that the Saints need Marcus Davenport to have a phenomenal season, just being that other rush end uh, to uh, Cam Jordan uh, on that defensive line. And, 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 this is, and this is the time to kind of do it. He was hurt last year, so you really didn't get to see him at his full potential. But in those games that he was able to play, in those like just brief glimpses that you would see, you're, you, you would just be amazed by his, his speed, his power, his ability there at the DN. 
but he's got to have a huge year um, as a pass rusher opposite of Camp Jordan because you don't have Sheldon Rankins for at least the first half of this season. You're kind of going into untested in your DTs, trying to figure that out just in terms of is David Onyemata going to step in there? What about Malcolm Brown coming in? Could he be a contributor? Uh, is Taylor Stallworth going to make leaps uh, in his uh, second season here on that Saints defensive line? But we are all in agreement that Marcus Davenport is that guy that's got to have that breakout year on the defensive line. And the other thing we were talking about, staying with the hog mollies, was the battle at center. And I think all of us are kind of in agreement that Eric McCoy may be the guy who, who, who can kind of seize that position. Now, they've been running a lot of guys in center, uh, running in terms of Cam Tom in there, and also Nick Easton, who's also a guy that you can kind of rotate a guard as well. But Eric McCoy is that guy that he's a rookie who's the, the second-round pick. You obviously think that if you're going to draft someone that high just at that position, that he's going to be the one stepping in for the retired Max Unger. But that's also the position we're kind of looking at, just simply because you had such stability there with Unger. Now that he's gone, you're throwing a rookie in there, and we're going to see if that offensive line doesn't miss a beat uh, in this upcoming season. It's interesting you mentioned Marcus Stabenport because I'm almost in lockstep with all you guys. I think that he might be the most critical piece on this team outside of Drew Brees because if he doesn't get double-digit sacks or close to it, especially with Sheldon Rankins out and no Alex Okafor, I just have no idea where the pass rush is going to come from. And he's got to be that guy, Ricardo, I think that every player and everybody around the Saints keeps telling us that he's going to be, you know, a star in the making since he was drafted last year. Yeah, and, and, and when you when you move up and you take someone in the first round like that and, and you're expecting that type of production, everybody's been saying that. Just if you talk to Ryan Nielsen, if you talk to Sean Payton, um, if you talk to Dennis Allen, all of them are expecting uh, Marcus Davenport to make that next step. And if you put invested so much into uh, a guy like that, especially, as you said, no Okafor, no Sheldon rankings on that line this year, where are you going to get the production at, uh, in terms of quarterback pressures and, and just being a run stopper outside of Cam Jordan? Davenport is the guy who has to step up, absolutely. It's Ricardo LeCompte of WWL-TV Channel 4, at TV on Twitter. Follow him there. Uh, Ricardo, you know what they got working tonight for the 10 o'clock news? Uh, yeah, we've got a, a, a another camp update from uh, Andrew Doak. Of course, we're going to be talking about the Cam Meredith situation and just some observations and plays of the day from uh, the fourth training camp. Uh, and, and, and pretty much all, all the Saints stuff that you need. And not only do we have that also on air, but we also have all of that stuff online on our social media stuff. Just uh, plenty of Saints coverage because we are in that time of year, right, Seth? Yeah, yeah, we really are. Ricardo, always appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you again. See you after camp. All right, Seth. All right, there he goes, Ricardo LeCompte. Phone lines are open for you now, 504-260-1870. Our text line's 870-870. Let's go to the phone line, Pierre. Welcome to the show, Pierre. Of course, of course. Oh, Pierre's not ready. We'll put Pierre on hold. Pierre's having a conversation with somebody else. How about Dexter in uh, New Orleans? Dexter, welcome to the show. Yes, this is Dexter. Look, you was talking earlier about Seattle. You don't think they're going to be ready this year. Well, I didn't say that, actually. I said that Seattle, I think, is going to be good. I just had them just on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. Okay, well, well, last year they said the same thing about Seattle. And if it wouldn't have been for the field goal kick and missing three field goals in three games, we would have been in the playoffs and not a wild card, right? That was two years ago, Dexter. Two no, years ago. Was- no, two years ago. You're, you're talking to somebody who you forgets from Seattle. It was two years ago that Blair Walsh missed three field goals and they should have been in the playoffs. Last no, I'm year. About last year, we had that old kicker that missed three field I, I, goals. What, what's his name? You know so much about Seattle. What's that old kicker's name, Dexter? 
Man, I don't know the old kicker's name, but I know he ain't worth a crap. I know that. Sebastian, <laughs> what was? It? I know that it was Sebastian Janikowski, Dexter, right. Dexter. Okay, Dexter. We're not going to shout over each other. I will say this, Dexter. Do you know what I said about Seattle last year before the season? What you say? I said that they would be a wild card team when nobody else was saying that. And guess what? They were a wild card team. And this year, New Orleans has got to walk in their stadium, and they're going to get beat. The third game of opening season. They might. Look, they might, Dexter. That's a tough place to play, if not the toughest place to play in the National Football League. I'm not saying New Orleans is going to go up there and it's going to be a cakewalk, but there's no Jaron Reed. There's no Frank Clark on that defense. There's no real threat at receiver outside of Tyler Lockett now that Doug Baldwin has retired. They've got a good offensive line. Now they've got Russell Wilson. They've got some pieces, young pieces on that defense. But let's not act like this is the Legion of Boom reinvented i like seattle i think seattle is a nine and seven ten and six team with some luck maybe they get up to 11 wins and i also think they'll be on the playoff periphery but let's not act like seattle is some goliath that new orleans is going to have you know one hell of a time beating i haven't made my prediction for that game we'll see remember that is the back-to-back weeks which is going to help seattle they got to go the saints do to los angeles and then up to seattle but let's be honest here dexter New Orleans is a more talented team, a vastly more talented team on paper. On paper doesn't win you games, but on paper, that's it. So I don't want you to twist my words into you know some Seattle hater. In fact, in my in my decade here, that's the first time I think I've ever had anybody insinuate I'm, I'm a Seattle Seahawks hater. So I guess that's a change. <laughs> Thanks for listening, though, Dexter. Uh, let's go back to Pierre. Pierre, are you ready this time? I am ready, Seth. I'm so sorry you called me to say some business. No, that's fine. What's up, dude? Uh, I want to talk about uh, Michael Thomas. Um, as far as the, the holdout, um, I kind of seen it coming. I asked somebody actually was actually talking about it uh, back in May, wondering if he was going to hold out, and he ended up, you know, that, that's what he ended up doing. Yeah, I mean, but well, what's your point? You just thought he was going to, you just thought he was going to hold out, and he did. I mean, we could have seen that coming from years away. No, actually, I wanted to make that comment, but I had a question. Do you think that um, with him holding out, uh, is that going to help the other receivers basically with more reps, uh, maybe, you know, getting them ready for the season? Yeah. Do I think it's – I don't think it – I don't really think it matters. I mean, that's just my honest opinion on this, Pierre, is I don't think it matters. And that may sound like I'm – I've got my own head in the sand with Michael Thomas, but I, I just – I really don't think it matters because Drew Brees and Michael Thomas are going to have that connection that they had the first three, first three years of his career when he comes back. And remember, there's this soft deadline of August 6th for Michael Thomas to report because if he doesn't report by then, this will not count as a year of service in the NFL towards his free agency. So he would become not an unrestricted free agent, but a restricted free agent if he does not report by August 6th. So I expect to see Michael Thomas in camp then – Maybe he continues his holdout after that, shows up to camp for a couple of days, and then he could, by the rules for the CBA. I'd certainly even expect that to happen if there's no deal done. But from everything that we've heard, everything we've heard, from Sean Payton, from Mickey Loomis, even the leaks and reports we've got from the agent side for Michael Thomas and, and behind the scenes in New Orleans, this deal is going to get done. Now, I'm on record saying I don't know if I would pay. In fact, I don't think I would pay any receiver. 10 plus percent of the salary cap in the NFL, but I'm not making that decision. I'm just here 
reporting on and, and talking about what I'm hearing and seeing, and it certainly seems like the Saints are going to get this done well in advance of the season. But it's a good question. Thanks for listening, Pierre. I always appreciate the call. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Ryan Nielsen, defensive line coach. Big year for him and his group. Deuce and I had a chance to sit down and chat with Ryan yesterday. We'll play that for you. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.